0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. I'd like to start the service with something a little bit light. Somebody has sent me in a bunch of jokes, and I don't know who it is, but it's on my desk. And so if you love the joke or hate it, you can't blame me. I'm just the messenger. I'm just the messenger. So we'll see how we go. A little girl was talking to her teacher about whales. Did anyone see that whale recently ate that guy in America, swallowed him and spat him out? Hey, that's worth Googling. That was, he says that he was like Jonah, eaten by a whale. The teacher said it was physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human because even though it was a very large mammal, its throat was very small. The little girl stated that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. Irritated the teacher, reiterated that a whale could not swallow a human. It was physically impossible. The little girl said, when I get to heaven, I will ask Jonah. The teacher asked, what if Jonah went to hell? And the little girl replied, then you can ask him yourself. (laughs) The jokes were from Nadia. So thank you, Nadia. Uh, Just found out. Oh, that's right. It was in the card from Nadia. Where is Nadia? Thank you for your beautiful card, by the way. It was was very, very... Out of all my years, it was one of the most beautiful cards I've received. Thank you. Okay. You guys can, yeah, you go and relax. You can put your mask on if you want, Joey. So you don't breathe on everybody. All right, the last few weeks we've been speaking about the subject of discipleship. Discipleship. Who believes in the power of discipleship? I believe in the power of discipleship. I am who I am today because of discipleship, Um, and hopefully in my life I can impact others by helping disciple them. Today I want to speak about discipleship and seeing kingdom potential. So if you're writing notes, why don't you write seeing kingdom potential or discipleship dot dot seeing kingdom potential. And if you've got your Bibles, turn to Psalm 24, verse 9. Psalm 24, verse 9. Holy Spirit, we just invite you have your way in this service. Bless every person. And Lord Jesus, I pray that your name will be lifted high. May we not hear the opinion of man, but may we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit through your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 24, verse 9 says... Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Lift up your heads, you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Our son uh, is growing every day, it seems like. So, so far, so quickly, he's learning new things every day, Is He still does his, if you heard me preach a while ago, he makes a trek every day up to the back garden to find his strawberries. That's his thing that he does, hunts through the garden. He's a great, great little boy and I love him with all my heart. He's definitely the joy of my world. Unfortunately, sometimes at dinner time, he thinks it's funny to take his food and to throw it on the ground. I don't know where he's learnt this from. It's not from me. On, on Fridays, he gets babysat by his poppy and nonna. I don't know if they've taught him this. I don't know where the bad influences come in, but some days he will take his food, he will throw it on the ground, and then he will laugh because he thinks it's hilarious. He's now he's 15 months old, so he kind of knows what's going on, and... And sometimes we have to say to him no, and sometimes we have to uh, discipline him uh, by saying no, and you get stern and you say no, and, and Mama does it and he, he responds pretty well, but then when Dad says no in his deeper daddy voice, you can tell the bear knows when Dad's discipline happens. I don't know why, maybe if I'm, I don't know if I'm more scary than my wife, I don't know. But what he will do is often he will put his head down and his bottom lip will come out and he'll just look at me just, I'm sorry, Daddy, I'm sorry. And then I just can't help but give him a big hug and kiss on his cheek and it's okay, it's all good. Don't chuck the food on the ground. And it's just so interesting to watch because even at his young age and he's super cute, even when when he's in trouble, he's very, very cute, but when he gets in trouble and when Something's a bit off. He, he looks to the ground and his bottom lip comes out. I haven't taught him that. He naturally lowers his head in that moment. And it's an example of life and you and I. That when things happen in life, when you feel like you're in trouble, when you feel like things are going on, that actually what can happen, and it happened to you since you were a little bub, is that you will lower your head. <laughs> you see it with kids, and kids, the great thing about kids is that they, uh, really young kids in particular, is that they don't have filters. They don't, they don't smile because they're meant to smile. Everything is very um, pure because it's just their natural response. So when they laugh, it's because they genuinely think it's funny. When they smile, it's because they genuinely are happy. When they cry, it's because they're genuinely upset. There's no, you know, I've got to put a mask on. We learn that later on in life, unfortunately. But if you watch a young, a young kid, when they get in trouble, they'll put their head down and they'll, have you ever seen that? They kind of get mopey and they'll kind of look um, a bit sad or oh, what, are you okay? What's, what's up? You know, and then it's like that is something that your posture changes when things happen that make you sad. Yeah. As an adult, that can still happen to you. I remember I was going through a tough season years ago and, and someone gave me a prophetic word and they said, Beniah, they said, lift your head. The confidence of God is upon you. Lift your head. And I realised that even with my natural posture, I'd become someone who looked down when I walk instead of looking up because I had lost my confidence in God. It often happens in our emotions where we look down, where our posture or our spirit becomes not bowed down in worship, but bowed down because we've forgotten who we are. And it says in Psalm 24, it says, Lift up your heads, you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Now, who is the King of glory? That's Jesus. And the way that we actually allow the Lord to enter into our situations is firstly by lifting our heads can I hear an amen lift your head lift your spirit lift your head lift your gaze upon him lift your head lift the attitude of your heart make it a heart of worship lift your head how confident are you do you put yourself down? Do you? And I'm telling you, most of my time with people is trying to get them to lift their head. Most of my counseling with people is because life has come in and it's knocked them in the face, and they've decided because of that that it defines who they are, and they walk around with their head down. And you can't run the race unless you put your eyes on Jesus. So you have to learn to then lift your head. Lift it up, lift up your head you gates Lift it up you ancient doors That the king of glory might come in If you want to be somebody in your, in your own life Who sees God enter into your heart, enter into your life You've got to lift your head And so when it comes to discipleship Discipleship first starts with you and I We talk about discipleship with other people And that's important but it actually starts with you and I If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. You might know it off by heart, or if not, Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. The way that you run your race is by fixing your eyes on Jesus and what the joy set before you. How cool is that? What is the joy set before you today? How is your heart today today? You see, it's hard to disciple somebody else. Discipleship in its most basic form is this, by the way. It's about seeing, discipleship is about seeing, speaking and drawing out the God destiny in people. It's about seeing, speaking and drawing out the God destiny in people. That's what discipleship is. But unless you get that for your own heart, you will never be great at discipling somebody else. Now let's remember Adam and Eve. Let's remember what the devil said to Eve. Adam and Eve are in this garden. It's perfect. They literally walk with God every day in perfection. And the devil says in Genesis, Eve, are you sure you're good enough? Are you sure you're wise enough? Maybe you should go eat from that tree because maybe you need to be more like God. Maybe you need to be better than where you're currently at. No, no, Eve was already perfect. It was a doubt when it came to her identity what is the enemy's plan for you to kill, steal and destroy you how does he do that by getting you to doubt the identity that God speaks over you what is the greatest challenge in the church it's that Christians don't know who they are (laughs) it's not comfort, comfort's up there but it's not that it's not idols, it's not different. It's, it's, it's that people don't recognize or they have forgotten who they are in God. Imagine a Christian who knew who they were in God. Now, Proverbs 27, verse 7 says this As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. How you think about yourself today is going to determine who you are. So here's the question. How do you see yourself in the kingdom? How do you today see yourself in the kingdom? And ask yourself this question. When you look in the mirror, are you just seeing your imperfections Are you just seeing the things you can't do? Is your life so consumed with other people and other things that you can't even see yourself anymore? Jesus said this. He said, said, love your neighbour as you love yourself. So self-love is important. Can I hear an amen? I'm not talking about selfishness. I can only love you to the extent I love myself. Therefore, I must learn to love myself. What is one of the biggest challenges that you have and I have today is that people don't know how to love themselves. And therefore, they can't effectively love the community around them. How are you going with yourself, love? You see this in exercises, and maybe you should do this in your connect group next time. Write down three or five things that you love about yourself. I have literally watched people. They can't even get one. I can't even, I, my, my self-esteem is so damaged that I can't even write one thing that I love about myself. Well, that person will always have trouble effectively loving somebody else until they learn to love themselves the way that God loves them. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the question is, how do you see yourself in the kingdom? If you see yourself as a mighty warrior, then you will be a mighty warrior who does mighty things. Listen, if you see yourself as a failure, then guess what your future holds? If you see yourself as unworthy, Don't ever expect to be entrusted with great things. If you see yourself anything other than the truth of the Father, you will never enter into the greatness God has for you. Because you have to have a a healthy self-image based on fixing your eyes on Jesus. How cool is that? Now 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 says this. 1 Samuel 36 it says David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because of the people they were bitter in soul each of his sons and daughters but David what did he do he strengthened himself in the Lord this is a big one guys i will be good at strengthening ourselves in god when was the last time you prophesied over yourself? When was the last time you looked in the mirror, and I might sound weird, but you should do it, you spoke the life and potential of God? Because you can't disciple someone else until you yourself are discipled well, and you can't get to disciple well yourself until you get a healthy self-image. This is good, 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 good. This is very good. And I'm telling you guys, I know it's good because... of my counseling is based around, or, or, or time with people is based around a lack of confidence because people still don't know how to see themselves in the light of the Father. You've got to shake it off. You've got to shake off the fear, shake off the lack of confidence, and realize that David became a giant killer because he knew how to strengthen himself in God. When he was forgotten, and he literally was forgotten, out looking after sheep, he had to learn, well, if my father won't strengthen me and my brothers will forget about me, then all I have is my God's. Therefore, my God, within me, I will strengthen myself. Oh. If you want to be a giant killer, you've got to learn to strengthen yourself. I'm not talking about ego. I'm not talking about a lack of teachability. I'm talking about someone who can look in the mirror and say, I am chosen. I am called. God's hand is upon my life. It doesn't matter what my past says or my failure or my school teacher or my parent. What matters is is what God says over me today. And we need to be a. You've got to understand, discipleship is simply this we are mouthpieces, we are amplifiers, we are microphones speaking the reality of God. Number two, here's the question for you Can you see the God potential of others in the kingdom? Can you see the God potential of others in the kingdom? When I stand here today, and I've trained myself to do this, I I do this all the time, I don't speak to you speaking to your flesh and skin and hair and mask right now. (laughs) I speak to what your destiny is in God. I can't help it. My prophetic edge on my life cannot does not allow me to simply speak into where you are right now. I'm not a great counsellor speaking about your past. I can do okay. I am better off reminding you about who you are and your future because I've learned to see the potential of God in others. Now, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 16. Is this okay this morning? All right, Matthew 16 says this. Verse 17, sorry, Matthew 16, 17, verse 17 and 18. Okay, it's Jesus talking. Let me just set the context. He's speaking to Peter. Peter had denied Christ, literally, had walked away from Christ, was embarrassed to be a disciple by this stage. He was a man of shame, he was a man of mistakes. I don't know if I'm speaking to anybody in the room, I don't know if you're feeling like this, but if you ever feel like you're a failure, Peter, in this passage, would have been feeling like a massive, massive failure. He would have felt disqualified, he would have felt like he had blown it, because he had literally walked away from his Lord and Saviour, not just, he did it it publicly. (laughs) I don't know Jesus, he's on the cross, I don't know him. It says this in Matthew 16, verse 17. Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Peter was unqualified. He was a fisherman. He didn't go to Bible college, he wasn't a pastor's kid. He didn't have years and years in a local church. He was Peter the fisherman. He was a man that God had called and chosen. He was a man of mistakes. He was a man of shame. He was a man that didn't often. He, he cut off he cut off the, the, the soldier's ear. He, he was just a bit of a wild guy. He, just, he, was, he was zealous, but it got him in trouble. And Jesus just... just He sees the God potential in Peter and he sees the calling of God even though his natural circumstances did not line up. The qualifications were not there. And he says to Peter, Peter, listen. You are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and hell itself will not overcome it. Listen, church, what is God saying over you today? Yeah, but you don't understand. You don't know. You don't get it. It doesn't matter what your narrative is right now. What matters is God's narrative. And we have to be like Jesus. We have to know how to see a potential foundation of the church and not just speak to their past, but speak to what God is saying. What is discipleship, church? Discipleship is seeing people for their God potential. That's what it is. It's been great, uh, great, uh, what's the word, Um, effective tools or weapons in the kingdom when it comes to being able to see change because we understand that when I speak to you, I don't just speak to who you are right now, I speak to the God destiny over you. There's too much noise about people's past. There's too much noise about people's current. What matters is this. Jesus speaks to Peter and says, you are. What did the father say over Gideon? Gideon says, I am the weakest. Have you seen my family? Literally, read the passage in the Old Testament. "Have Have you seen my family? My family is such a screw up that we are the weakest family in all the tribe. And what does God say over Gideon? He says, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. What does Gideon say? Yeah, but. What does God say? Mighty warrior. Yeah, but. You're, wait, wait, you're a mighty warrior. It doesn't matter, Gideon, what your dialogue is right now. I know your destiny and your destiny is you are a mighty warrior. It was a moment of pure discipleship. <laughs> what did God say over Moses. He calls him to deliver the people. What did Moses say? I have a stutter. Yeah, but. I can't talk. Yeah, but. And God says, you will be my mouthpiece. You will be my chosen vessel. It doesn't matter about your current or your past. It doesn't matter that you were abandoned when you were a kid. What matters is my hand is upon your life. This is discipleship. (laughs) I love this. Oh, let's read it. Give me a sec. Let's turn there. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. If you've got your Bibles, turn there with me. 1 Samuel 16, 7. I love this. The prophet Samuel comes to anoint the first ever king of Israel. <laughs> and he gets, he, gets, uh, he gets Jesse to bring in all his sons. And Samuel's like, not it, not it, not it, not it. And then Samuel's like, there must be somebody else. There must be. And verse 7 says this in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. When it comes to King David, there's a story in the, in the scripture and it talks about how he is out looking after the sheep. It's an amazing story. All the brothers come in before Samuel. He says, Not it. And then Samuel says, There must be somebody else. And I've forgotten about little boy David. <laughs> he is so insignificant that he has forgotten it by his own dad. They bring him in, and this boy, who was a giant killer, a nation leader, uh, he's he's the greatest king of Israel, the Bible says. Samuel sees something that the others couldn't see. The Lord looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You see, church, we've got to be so careful because we look at the outward appearance. We really do. Our society is built on... (laughs) flashy things and nice houses and how you look and being presentable and God doesn't care God just looks at the heart imagine a people the people of God who looked at the heart and looked at the potential of God in people's hearts Imagine a youth ministry that could see that when the teachers couldn't see it at school, and all they could see was disruption, and all they could see was suspension and and expulsion. And and it took one leader to say, Wait, I can see something greater in you. Imagine a, a leadership team in a church when people come in and they are broken and they are messy and they don't have it together, that someone says, Wait a second, we'll give you time. You come and you be healed. It's about the heart. We're so quick to judge. We're so quick to, 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 to draw conclusions. And we have to be so careful because I, I think about the seasons of my life, church. I've had some good seasons. I've had some bad seasons. I've had some tough seasons and some easy seasons. If people made their final conclusion on me based on my bad seasons, man, that would be very, very bad. No, no, I've had people who continually speak life... Even when I don't feel like there's life in here, we have to become great at seeing the God potential in people. We have to become great at seeing people. Here's the question Can you see others the way that God sees them? Discipleship is simply that. You know that? It's seeing someone the way God sees them. That is discipleship. It's hard when you're stuck in the natural. It's hard when you have the gossip around you. It's hard when you're trying to, when you, when you hear someone and the, the way they speak, you know, they're at church or they're, they're down the street and you think, man, you know, how could they ever become a Christian? And we don't say it like that, but in our heart, we, we take a step back in the shopping centre. <laughs> we cross the road down the street. When someone brings them to connect group, we might not sit so, you know, we might be a bit more hesitant. Oh, maybe we won't even bring them to Connect because what if they wreck it? What if they wreck church? What if? What if church is meant to be a place for people like that? <laughs> what if the local church was meant to be full of people who knew how to see the potential of God and the heart of God for everybody? Now, please understand, church, I'm not speaking about you have to be so prophetic that you know, hey, God says one day you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a receptionist or you're going to be. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about learning to see the destiny of God and the call of God over people, which is, by the way, what? It is you were called to be a son or a daughter. You were called to adoption. You were called to be forgiven. You were called to be full of joy. You are called to be healed. You are called to be set free. You are called to be full of compassion. God has anointed you and placed you and he has chosen you and he has favored you and he is with you. Oh, can I hear an amen? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. What do I say over that person? You say scripture, you know the scripture and you speak the scripture and you say even if they don't believe it or they reject it, you remind them God's favour is upon you God's hand is upon you God's forgiveness is upon you God loves you, you are lovable you are, oh, you are clothed with compassion Yeah but but, but, but but what Peter? On this rock I'll build my church But, but, but I'm from the weakest family. I'm a failure. I'm hiding away. It doesn't matter. God has called you, mighty warrior. This is discipleship. And we come into a conclusion, but here's the next question. How great are you at speaking God's truth over people? Now, we have to make sure that truth is always um, combined with love. Do not tell a grieving widow to trust God more. Don't do it. Don't be stupid. You sit with that widow and you love them. You sit with them and you embrace them. You sit with them and you weep with them and you pray for them and you allow God to touch their hearts. And, 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 but some Christians, let me get out. my. Have you seen my Bible? It's this thick. Bang. By the way, let me hit you over the head with it. Bang! Now we have to have truth with love. But we have to understand something. This is really cool. Last scripture. John 8, verse 32. John 8, 32. It says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you what? Free. The truth will set you free. So here's the whole thing. Discipleship is simply this. Speaking God's truth over people. Again, not what they grew up with from their parents or from their teacher or from their boss or from YouTube or from their social media comment. It does not matter. All that matters is the truth of the Father. And if we want to be a church that is free and raise a generation that is free, we have to learn to speak the truth of God for that is what sets people free. My job is simple, and this isn't because I'm a pastor. As a person, as a human being, it's to simply be a mouthpiece of truth. Because when I'm a mouthpiece of truth, I bring freedom. And one bit of God's truth is much easier than 20 years of counselling someone who's not going to listen. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for getting help, counselling, especially if you are going through trauma. I think it's powerful and effective. Yeah. But some people you will meet for five years' time and you're having the same issue they had five years ago yeah. because they won't receive God's truth about who they are. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? You might be holding on to things from five years ago. It's time to let God's truth, his love, set you free. Discipleship, in conclusion, is about seeing, seeing, speaking, and drawing out the destiny and potential of God in people. Mark, Maharab and I, we catch up regularly. He's someone who I'm discipling. We talk about his world, we talk about his life, we talk about things going on. But every time we meet, I am always intentional about speaking into the potential of God in Him. I don't have time away from my family not to. I don't. I'd rather be with my son. So if I'm going to be with somebody else, I need to make sure that this is effective. Now, we can still have fun, we can still, you know, hang out and have a laugh, but in that, I'm always seeing and sensing and leaning into the Father. What is it you're saying? What is the truth in this moment? And we have to be great in embracing the truth of the Father. Last thought Gideon thought his truth was true to him. And guess what? What he's saying probably was true naturally. He probably was from the weakest family. Didn't matter because God's truth is higher. (laughs) Moses probably did have a stutter. He probably couldn't talk very well, yet he was chosen to speak to a nation. Does it mean he didn't have a speech impediment? No, no. His truth was that, but there was a higher truth. (laughs) Yeah. Peter made mistakes and was disqualified. But there was a higher truth. Don't let your truth or what you think is true outweigh the truth of the word of God. Be strict with your heart. Be strict with your, with your conviction. Be harsh in this type of area. What is the truth of God? Here's my last example. Charlie and I have been through a very, very interesting season. Very tough season, the toughest season of our lives this past four months, five months. We've had some things happening in our family, some medical things. We're all good, we're alive. But it's been very, very, very tough. And my beautiful wife keeps saying to me, in the midst of our struggles, keeps saying, let's not wish away the season. Let's instead have open ears to hear what God is trying to say to us because he's trying to do something in the season yeah. Yeah. you know what I think I wish away the season see ya bring on the spring she says it again to me but no, let's not wish away the season let's, let's, let's make sure that God's doing something let's have the maturity to lean in to listen Let's walk away changed from this yes. in a good way. Yes. Nana, no, no. goodbye. Goodbye, season. Nana, no, 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 no. the night, listen. The truth of God is higher. Yes. Listen to what God is trying to say. Yes. I told a bunch of pastors that this week, and one of them was just, he's like, I'm going to preach on that this Sunday. <laughs> I said, You take it. You take it. The truth of God is always higher than man's truth. The truth of God, his ways are higher than my ways, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. We have to base our reality on the word of God. It is the one consistency in an inconsistent world. Everything else changes. It's like the desert, you know, the the sand dunes, the wind blows and things change. The Word of God stands true forever. It stands consistent. The Word of God over you, over your family, over your marriage, over your disciples, those who you're speaking into, understand that your job is simple. It's to speak the truth of our Heavenly Father. To package it in love and compassion and to say, this is what God says over you. And by doing so, we fulfill Matthew 28. We become a church who makes disciples. We see the potential in people. We speak over it. Make sure you speak it out. And then we draw it out of people. We encourage it. We encourage it in people. And we draw out the greatness of God. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Is that okay? How do you see yourself in the kingdom? How do you see the God potential for others in the kingdom? Do you see people the way God sees them? And how great are you at speaking the truth of God? Listen, church, don't let fear hold you back. They might not like me as much. True love. True love. People who love me the most tell me what I need to hear according to scripture. Have courage. Speak truth, speak love, speak life. Let me close our eyes. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. You are so worthy. You are so worthy. I'm not going to get you to put your hand up or anything this morning to respond, but I do want you in your hearts to take a moment to reflect on these, these four questions. The first one being this How do you see yourself today in the kingdom? Do you see yourself as a peasant, a failure? Do you see yourself as a warrior, clothed in armor, ready for battle? Do you see yourself as a giant in the faith? Right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray for truth to come. Lord, reveal to our hearts, reveal to our spirits who we are in the kingdom. And Lord, I pray anyone, right, for anyone who has lies that are just covering chains of lies, that a falsity when it comes to how we see ourselves. I pray they'll be broken in Jesus' name. And Lord, we would see clearly who we are in the kingdom. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Lord Jesus, let us see ourselves the way you see us. Mighty men and women of valor. let take a moment. Just realign your heart. Realign how you see yourself. Second question. How good are you at seeing the God potential in others? Think about your kids. Think about your family. Think about your connect group. Think about your workmates. Your colleagues. Maybe you could do better. Lord, I pray we'll be great at seeing the God potential. Give us fresh eyes to see. In Jesus' name. The third question. Can you see others the way that God sees them? Father, give us prophetic insight to see people the way you see them, not the way the world sees them, not even the way we see them. I pray we take the filters off our eyes that would see people the way that you see them. Give us your heart for people afresh. And lastly Father the question is this how great are you at speaking kingdom truth over people? And I pray for anyone in this place who has a timid spirit who is scared to speak the beauty of your truth over people give them courage today give them courage I pray for those in this place who speak the truth without love. (laughs) Help us speak with love. Speak with compassion. Speak with gentleness. But still speak truth. Help us be disciples of people who can see and speak and draw out the God potential in people. In Jesus' name. Why don't we all stand to our feet. I'm just going to pray over us as a church. Thank you, Lord. If you're here with your spouse, why don't you take them by the hand? I'm just going to pray pray God's blessing over you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you for this amazing church family, this amazing community. Father, I pray your blessing upon them. I pray your Holy Spirit power upon them. And I pray, Father, in light of today's message, Lord, that you would help us to be people who see the God potential in each other, who speak it, who draw it out. You would cause us to be people who are sensitive to your voice, Holy Spirit, who aren't afraid to speak out what you have us speak. I pray, Father, for a church of disciples who, Lord, influence others for you, Lord, I just pray your blessing upon every church person, everyone here, those who aren't here this morning. And we pray your blessing upon our, our community, upon the Shell Haven, upon our nursing homes and our schools, upon our workplaces. Lord, we pray just for your spirit to move and that your truth and your love will just invade our city. Lord, where there's fear about COVID, Lord, that you would help people, that you would help people in their struggles and that Jesus, the Shell Haven, will be known as the city of God, in Jesus' powerful name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you, church. Have a great Sunday. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.